0: What? Yeah.
1: brightest audience in the country, and welcome to the Dominic Inyart Show. Yesterday, I was doing a show with Doug McBurney, and we went long, so we decided to roll it over to today. So join us right now for part two of my show with Doug McBurney.
0: So speaking of red flags, uh, hold on, because we did want to get to some of the news of the day. Uh, I needed to do an update on a point you made brilliantly on your show last week about the idea that the law tends to change as you drive down the street, and that is a a red flag indicator that the law is no longer just. The law is unjust. If the law changes as you drive down the street, there's a pretty good chance that it's not good law anymore. So, and I'm going to get to that story, but if you are at church, speak. this is from my, on my show, we have various files, and this is from the red flag file. So oddly enough, you brought that up. I wrote this, by the way, before we got together. So I had the red flag file, which I just created. Anyway, if you're at church and you are listening to the sermon and your pastor is robbed in the pulpit and more than $1 million worth of jewelry is removed from his person, that could be a red flag that you, I'm not saying you should leave his church, but you might want to reevaluate. Want to reconsider. Is this
1: something that really happened? So is this a, a pastor, Joel Osteen? No. <laughs> Who, who's carrying a million dollars of jewelry? Well, on th- their this
0: was this was Pastor Lamar Miller Whitehead at Leaders of Tomorrow Church.
1: Okay, I don't know his name, so I think I'm doing something right.
0: So he, <laughs> you haven't attended, and I, I don't know. This is in Brooklyn, New York, and he was robbed. Now listen to this. This is interesting. There were about 20 to 25 congregants present at his church on a Sunday morning, and him and his wife were wearing in excess of $1 million worth of jewelry. So Maybe he has a very lucrative day job. That could be. Um, Anyway, suspects robbed him at gunpoint while he was live streaming his sermon. They walked in. They pointed guns at the deacons and then at the pastor himself, at his wife, and then robbed him and his wife of all of their jewelry. And the right Reverend Whitehead says that it was in excess of $1 million. At least that's what he's reporting to the police and probably to his insurance company. The, the thieves got away in a white Mercedes-Benz. Mm. So anyway, maybe there's just a lot of money going around in Brooklyn. I would like to see people try and come to my church
1: and do that. See how well that works out for them. <laughs> Our church, we would uh, we might not put up with that. We follow Jesus' teaching. That's right. In Luke twenty-two thirty-six, when he said, "Stay strapped or get clapped."
0: <laughs> he said that. Very I
1: could read that verse. That that's not a direct quote. The direct quote <laughs> is, "But now he who has a money bag, let him take it, and likewise a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one."
0: Yes. Well, you got the spirit so. of the. Verse. Yes. You got the I slightly
1: misquoted it. I felt I should well you sometimes
0: you need to update the vernacular for the young people. Yes. So you know you gotta get things across snappy, quickly, these young people I'm appealing to
1: a younger generation. That's
0: what it's all about. Now, speaking of the law changing as you drive down the street, which is something that I learned from the late great Bob Enyart years ago. That's one way to understand that the law may not be just. Well, out in San Francisco there's a man and his wife have lived in San Francisco for 25 years or so, and parking has always been a problem out there. It's like any other big city. Parking is always a problem. So this fellow and his wife, they had this parking spot that kind of became their go-to spot. If they couldn't get the good spot right in front of their apartment, there was this other spot that was kind of their always their go-to spot. And a few weeks ago... Fella parks his car in the go-to spot, and in the big city, you don't drive every day. So his car sat there for a couple of weeks. He came back to his car to find that the curb at which his car was parked and where he's been parking for a quarter of a century, the curb had been painted red, mm. and his car had been ticketed. So speaking of the law change, he wasn't even driving down the street. He was parked. And the law changed right around his car. And he pointed out when he was interviewed by the folks at ABC 7 News in Chicago, he 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 pointed to the paint on the curb. And it was obvious that the painters had avoided his tire and left a small (laughs) portion of the curb unpainted so that they wouldn't paint his tire. And so and then they gave him a ticket. Which was just to add insult to injury. Now, I'm not a big advocate of a statute of limitations. <laughs> no. But with something like this, I mean, you've got to <laughs> give the guy a break. So they literally painted the red zone around his parked car and then ticketed him. And uh, that's a sign that the law is unjust. Yes. That's because he wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just parking his car where he had parked for so many years. And wildly too complicated. Very much. A, so. a
1: good rule of thumb to tell if a law is a good law is ask: Could my five-year-old son understand this law?
0: Mm-hmm. And if he's
1: able to understand it, it's a good law. Mm-hmm. If he's not able to understand it, it's a bad law. That's a pretty good rule of thumb. I like that. I so, think
0: uh, I think that I will apply that. All
1: right, and then some some more uh, recent. This was this was what a week week and a half ago. AOC, you saw she fist bumped the oh, air. Absolutely. She gave she was... gave the power sign while pretending to be in handcuffs. <laughs> you, you alluded to that yes. earlier on yes. the show. Yes,
0: all of us who've been in handcuffs were highly offended at that. Yeah. And so yes. if
1: you don't know, AOC was at a protest. <laughs> and she was escorted out by the police. She was escorted out. She was out. escorted. Yes. And she put her hands behind her back pretending that she was, she was being arrested. She was pretending. Uh-huh. And uh, it was at uh, some... Pro-abort protest.
0: Yes, it was uh, she wanted to kill more children, or maybe there was a few she had missed, and so she was upset about it. Something like that. Something yes. like that. And so as she was walking out, the police were walking with
1: her. She put her hands behind her back mm-hmm. for the the photo shoot. They want the photo off <laughs> image of her being escorted out by yes. the police. And you look at the, the video of it, and you see it clear as day. She's not in handcuffs. She's putting her own hands behind her back. But then I guess she forgot she was doing that, and she, she puts her fist in the air to signal her defiance.
0: And then back behind her back.
1: Back behind her back. And Which then back is,
0: behind her back.
1: It's really weird that you would do the fit, the,
0: the black power doesn't
1: fist. doesn't make you sin, <laughs> but sin makes you stupid. That is
0: a perfect example. Exactly. So,
1: anyway, she has a long history of being a drama queen. If you remember back with the Donald Trump when he was building the wall and he was going to have the Mexicans pay for it, yes. back when he was doing that, she she went down supposedly to the border wall for a photo op, and she took a bunch of pictures of herself crying in front of the wall. She's so sad. that These you know rapists <laughs> can't come over the border because that's, that's a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. And someone else took a picture of her doing that photo op She's in some Planet Fitness parking lot (laughs) at some (laughs) chain link fence. And also, this this is besides the point, but I've always wondered, why is it that when people do these photo ops of themselves crying, why is it that they're trying to make themselves appear as weak and helpless and unable to do anything and just crying? I think if I'm going to... Do a photo op, trying to put out the 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 right vibe that I want. I'm gonna try and make myself seem strong and competent and powerful. Well, but not the left, not AOC. She well, wants does to it go him.
0: back to? Is this something you talked about on your show, or is this something we talked about with the weeping, the weeping, the on weeping the social, social media. media? So here's how I know that the Dominic Enyart show is it's it's different, it's interesting, is because he talks, you talk about things that I don't understand yet. So I didn't know that that was a thing that you could get. What what do you even call it? Visibility, more clicks. Yes, you get more visibility the more weak, stupid, and pathetic you look, and the more embarrassing you're willing to. The more you're willing to embarrass yourself, the more visibility you get. So I did not realize that that was the case, and so listening to your show last week elevated my concern yet one more notch for the future of civilization if that's actually the case
1: I didn't think it was possible but I've made Doug McBurney slightly even more pessimistic <laughs> than he was before oh yes well growing up with this I'm my generation is the first generation to be growing up with from the time you're little being exposed to social media yes you understand the ins and outs better than uh, yes than others. And, and
0: and it's uh it is a fact, by the way, and I've looked at this because I heard this and I thought maybe it wasn't true, and so I've, I've cross-referenced this. In some, but the, the titans of Silicon Valley, generally speaking, do not allow their children to participate in the social media to the level that you do, mom and dad. Makes sense. They don't. Makes sense. And another thing that I just saw about TikTok, which I'm only now starting to comprehend... So TikTok to me scares me as this could be the end of the world, TikTok. It really does scare me. But I I I read an article that what the Chinese kiddos get from their TikTok algorithm is dramatically different than what your kids get mom and dad from the algorithm here in America. So are you aware of this? Yes, the Chinese TikTok is the
1: first Chinese owned major social media company. And in China, their algorithms reward things like engineering and math. Yes, and brilliant, real positive things. Real positive things. Yes, yes. And then here in America, what makes the trending on what makes like the for you page on the TikTok? Yes. It's all these dances. It's all these people weeping and crying.
0: Yes, it's embarrassment or pornography or even worse. It's obviously a psychological operation designed to weaken and hollow out their enemy before they move in to take it over. It's just terrifying. terrifying. And the fact that we're allowing this to happen, and I think maybe even being entertained by it is And Trump, for a little bit, when
1: he was president, he said he wanted to remove TikTok, get it out of the App Store in America. And he was ridiculed mercilessly for that. But he would have been correct in doing yes. that. That would have been yes. the correct. And move.
0: I have to confess that at the time, I didn't really understand what he was talking about. I was not aware of how far all this has gone. But one thing I I have realized with my own children is that the amount of media that's available now, we can't handle it. It's not healthy. We can't handle it. We need to figure out how to change this this is not going to work well it's all a distraction right from what really matters and so anything
1: that distracts you from what really matters is more than you should attempt to handle
0: yes yes and so it's just uh an eye-opening experience listening to your show basically compelled me to look more into all of this stuff that i've I've kind of chuckled at it and said, well, I'm just not hip. I don't get it. Well, that's not, that's not good enough. Well, Mom, thank you, Doug. Dad.
1: Your show, Doug McBurney with the Weekly Worldview, can't plug it enough, is also very eye-opening. I encourage the listeners to check that out. As well. How can they find your show, by the way?
0: Just uh, Google Doug McBurney. Doug McBurney, that'll come yes, up. Yes, you'll get, the, well, there's a funeral director, and then there's me. Then there's okay. you? Yeah. You don't it's... quite beat out the funeral director. Well, sometimes. Yet. Sometimes. It, it kind okay. of depends. On a good day. We're, out, we're neck and neck. On a anyway, good day. He's, he's got a business he's trying to promote. I've yeah, got a yeah. show.
1: Well, okay, so, we got off topic, though. The weekly worldview. Just, just, uh, yeah. the, the weekly worldview. We got off topic. AOC, yes. she's putting her oh, yes. arms behind her back, and she's been a. Uh, drama, queen. A drama queen for a while now yes and uh, she was uh, acu- she was answering to this objection saying hey you were faking this and i don't have the quote in front of me but she said pretty much oh putting your arms behind your back that's the most peaceful and non-escalating thing you can do when you're being escorted by police that was the answer she gave on twitter really and uh What's funny about that is then why did you put your fist up? <laughs> why did you punch, punch the sky in defiance and yeah. then go straight back to that if you're so concerned with uh, being civil and peaceful? Uh-huh.
0: Right. Well, I have an answer to that, why she did that. Hmm. Marijuana. I would, not yeah, I would So she didn't realize, really she didn't put together that that would make it obvious she was not, not in she hand. She just troughs. didn't think that through, yeah, yeah. I think. And that's
1: the result of THC. And in reality, being peaceful and nonviolent and non-escalating, we can't really trust anything she says on that front because she does not want to be peaceful. She does not want to avoid violence. In fact, she was there protesting the right to tear little arms and legs off of little boys and girls Mm -hmm. in the womb. In, or, in the womb or out of the womb,
0: she doesn't really care. She'd, she'd be fine yes. with in, infanticide. She's an advocate of the most severe form of violence that is known to man, where big, strong people tear apart little, weak, defenseless people. Is there anything worse than that? I mean, there's terrible kinds of violence, but just because you're bigger and stronger and you have the ability to rip someone apart and kill them, and then you do that because you're bigger and stronger, that's the worst type of violence that she advocates. It
1: seems that abortion is the most clear-cut example of selfishness that there is. Mm -hmm. By the way, this is one problem. I've never spoken out against this publicly, and generally I wouldn't, but now that we're talking about it, I will. When a lot of pro-life people, they really promote adoption as something that a lot of these mothers can do. And adoption in terms of, you know, should I kill my baby or should I adopt my baby out? Obviously, adoption is better. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Anyone in their right mind, at least. But something that I think we should be teaching moms more than, oh, you can just adopt out your kid if you can't handle them, is we should be teaching mothers you should love your children and you should want to care for them. That is, you know, you have the choice of adopting your kid, but before that even comes into the equation, it should just be assumed, this is my baby, I'm going to care for my baby, and I'm going to move heaven and earth to care for my baby. That should be the default, obvious position before you even start thinking about adoption or what have
0: you. Yes. Well, very good point. And, you know, we get so caught up, so many of us who've been on the front lines, so to speak— which, don't get me started on that, but but because we're on the front lines, we're somewhat desperate. In uh, I went to the abortion clinic for the better part of 10 years and stood and looked over the wall and just said, I will adopt your baby. I will adopt your baby. I said that for 10 years because you're on the front lines. You're just trying to stop just
1: anything you a can murder. Do, anything yeah, you're just you trying to say.
0: prevent that actual violent act where what you just said, going back to encouraging women uh, and men but women that uh, that it's about love it's about loving your baby it's about loving forget loving your fellow human being it's a little baby it's your little it's your baby. baby
1: yeah so it's not just a baby it's it's your, your baby. baby right
0: and if your our baby. if our culture the culture that we hand to our children is not capable by default of automatically teaching young girls that, then boy we've got we've got big problems it's yeah. no wonder that there's this the violence and the killing of of the innocent it's no wonder if we if we can't even do that we we should we should do that almost by accident that's well what be. bob
1: always taught on bob Enyart, live and KGov.com, our message has always been we will not stop until all children are protected by love and by law so not just right. by you know the the paper and pen in the government, but by love of the culture. The culture should love and honor our uh, youngest
0: neighbors. Yes, yes. So. Oh, and so that reminds me now, speaking of getting off topic, so the reason I had to download the plot was because I had come to a section in the Bible where I, I had to talk about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so I needed... Uh, your dad gave one of the greatest teachings on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you don't, it's in the plot, by the way, uh, but you can get it as a standalone. I think you can get Which it. If as you're a one of our, body. our big science
1: fanatics, it ties in slightly with the hydroplate theory. I'll just, oh, yes. I'll just tease that a little yes, bit. Yes. We'll yes. Yes. So anyway, any I'm,
0: I'm doing a Bible study. and I'm presenting some of these ideas that I learned at the foot of Bob Enyart at Denver Bible church on real science radio on, Bob and Yard Live, presenting a lot of these things now to people who've never heard anything like this at all, ever. And so download the plot and go. And I realize that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as it's presented in the plot, the tree represents the law. The tree is the symbol of the law. But then what was the one rule in the garden? What was the one law in the garden? What was the one law? But here's here's the great thing about the Bible. Is that when now when I go back and I read it, I realize that the tree and that rule was actually the end of the law for Adam and for God, because God said to Adam You shall not eat from this tree, and the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And Adam said, I trust you, Lord. And then they went on and they started naming the animals. And they didn't talk about the law anymore. There was no more need for any other rules or any other law, because Adam decided, I'm going to trust you. And if you decide to trust God, you don't need any other rules. That's the only rule you need. And Adam made that decision, and they moved beyond the law. And they just started hanging out in the garden, naming the animals. Mm-hmm. So the tree could have been the end of the law. But Satan came and he deceived and he lied. And we all know what happened. And the tree then became the beginning of all of the law. And then now you can get into Bob Enyart's uh, Bible study on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and understand what the law is, what it's not, what it's good for, what it's not good for. and But just a, an amazing... By going back into Bob's resource and then going back to the Bible, I I presented it in a little different way with a little different angle. And I think it helped my audience understand the law better and understand that we can't be justified by the law. The law is not going to save you. It's not going to... Uh, anyway it was just it was just really
1: The crazy. law will expose your sin so you you know that you are in in need of saving. yes yes
0: and it's like uh, it's like we were discussing before we went on the air about the left is at the point now where they no longer have to conceal their evil wicked intent their evil hearts they they're pretty much coming right out in the open Like AOC. If you asked AOC, is it a baby? She would say yes. And if you said, should we be able to kill it? She would say yes, Yes. because she doesn't have to. But so it's the law that makes sin exceedingly sinful. So now the left is having to take off their mat. Not having to. They want to. They want to be wicked openly in public, and they want that to be called good. That's what they want. And woe and, to those who call evil good and good evil. Amen. Amen. But in doing so, they're going to drive more people. The more naked their wickedness is, the more they will drive people toward God. And so we should be ready, always ready with what the Bible says. Always be ready. Amen. Right? Amen. Always, always be, be ready, ready with an answer. With an answer. When people ask about the hope that lies within you, thank you for helping me with that Bible verse. You remind me of my daughter, Nicole. Quite often I'm at Bible study, and I will forget or I will misquote the Bible. And here's how you know you've done a pretty good job raising your kids, is when your daughter corrects you during the Bible study. Hey, amen to that. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so that was a mind-blowing study, the oh, the, the tree yeah, study. Absolutely. By the way, you could read all of Genesis. You would read it Genesis cover to cover and not not get this Oh, yes, that's right, because it's not in... It's it's not not all in Genesis. Mostly not in Genesis. It's mostly not in Genesis. It's a a great study. Another mind-blowing teaching that I... I've gotten a lot of mind-blowing teachings, being under the tutelage of Bob Enyart, my father and predecessor, you, Gordon Carroll, elders of Denver Bible Church. Yeah, I I had a pretty good growing up. Yes. Well, lay it on
0: me. What have you heard?
1: So... A sermon I heard at Agape Kingdom Fellowship. If you're in the Denver area, recommend you check out Agape Kingdom Fellowship. The sermon was wild and mind-blowing. Oh, lay it on me. Talk about AOC with her, you know, how evil she is wanting to murder children. Mm. It could. This could have been written yesterday. And this is one thing. By the way, sometimes I call myself a news show. I, I hate to say that because I... I feel like I enjoy getting into scripture more than I enjoy getting into the news. Good because for Because even though the news is updated, you know, 10,000 times a second, <laughs> yeah. it's always so stale. Mm. But when I go to the Bible, which was written thousands of years ago, it's always fresh and new and invigorated. Oh, yeah. And so I, I do like to get into the, the news of the Bible, we, we could say. But at Gothic Kingdom Fellowship, we got a sermon on Exodus chapter 1 and Pharaoh... And you, you probably know the story. This is I'm
0: turning the, to it now just to refresh my memory. Exodus yes, I'm chapter familiar.
1: one, the, the basic story, brief outline is Pharaoh is concerned that the children of Israel are growing too strong. Right. And maybe if they go to war, Israel is going to turn on them and overthrow them. Right, right. So that's the basic story. And now what we learned at church, and I want to share this, is that Pharaoh, obviously he can, commanded the infanticide to to kill all the children.
0: That's right. He told the
1: Hebrew midwives, right? Well, after that, it was throw them into the river. If there's any male children born, throw them into the river. But it didn't just, it didn't start with that. It started a lot more, you could say, calm and in the dark and hidden. And so it seems that Pharaoh was actually commanding what would today resemble partial birth abortions? And I've read this story uh, probably five times through. I've always missed this until just yesterday. I never would Or hmm. uh, Sunday, not yesterday. And so I, I would like to, to share this quickly just because this has been on my mind. I've I got to get it out. I'm going to explode if I don't. <laughs> oh, I love that feeling. In Genesis 26, <laughs> God makes a promise to Abraham... He makes a promise in verse four. I'll read this here. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give your descendants all these lands and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So you are going to have a lot of children and they are going to, multiply it's going to be like wildfire you're going to have a lot of kids yes. not just a lot of kids and oh you'll have a lineage after you this is going to be a lot of kids
0: yes, yes. and then if
1: you remember the children of israel they went down to egypt and they were multiplying greatly in yeah. egypt right and it seems that they were multiplying at a much faster rate than all the other people's of their area they were multiplying greatly which was god fulfilling his promise to abraham Mm -hmm. that your descendants will be very numerous yeah yeah, and then i want to read this now from exodus chapter one picking up there with that context uh starting in verse eight now now there arose a new king over egypt who did not know joseph Mm -hmm. and he said to his people look the people of the children of israel are more and mightier than we Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land. And so the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, he is afraid that the Israelites would overtake them just with sheer numbers. Right,
0: population group, Exactly. Yeah.
1: And he then had three three plans. He had a plan A, a B, and a C. And his, his first plan, plan A, and we'll see this in the next verse, it seems, and this isn't explicit. You have to read between the lines a little bit. It's not explicit. But it seems that he wanted to cause miscarriages in the Hebrew women. And that's in the next verse, which says, therefore, they set task makers over them to afflict them with their burdens. And... Oh, I never got that. Did yeah. did wow. that work to cause miscarriages? Well, the next the next verse, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, mm. and they were in dread of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. So you can think God he's he's seeing what these Egyptians are up to trying to get them to uh, have miscarriages. Right. And you think thinks, so you're going to try and stop my promise to Abraham? Well, <laughs> they're going to have even more kids now. <laughs> and so plan A wasn't working. Oh. And then so Pharaoh, he moved to plan B. And note the irony of that name, plan B. Oh. Plan B.
0: Okay. In verse
1: 15. Funny that, how things work out. Funny how way. things work okay. out. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives. Those were the ladies who would help with the childbirth of whom the name of one was Sapphira and the name of the other Pua. And he said, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. And I want to make the case here that Pharaoh wasn't, he was commanding, not infanticide at this point, but partial birth abortions. And not just plain out infanticide, he wanted this to be somewhat hidden and it would resemble a partial birth abortion. Then in the next verse, but the midwives feared God and they did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they saved the male children alive. And if you want to sum up the entire Bible with one verse, that can be tricky to do, but this verse is very reminiscent of Acts 5, 9, which says, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. If you want to sum up the entire Mm. Bible in one verse, that might be a, a good shot at it. But anyways, uh, getting back to Exodus. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, and he's, he's confronting them right now. He said, why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. And what this is, it's implying that these children were already born when they're getting to them. And it's implying that them being born out in the open that's a good excuse to not kill those children and so you can read between the lines a little bit pharaoh wanted these kids killed secretly most likely because he wanted the midwives it seems to tell the mom that their boys were all stillborns And then in verse 22, finally, Pharaoh gets around to plan C, direct out in the open infanticide. So Pharaoh commanded all his people saying, every son who is born, you shall cast into the river and every daughter
0: you shall save alive. Well, I had never gotten that, that he wanted to conceal it at first. I never had seen that. And so with the left, right,
1: what was what was the first thing they said with abortions?
0: Well, they said it's not
1: a. Baby. Well, they said it's not a baby. They said we want it safe, legal, and rare.
0: Oh, that's right. Back in the 90s, they said uh, safe, it, legal, and rare. Safe,
1: legal, and rare. Right. And we want to try and make it seem like it's all and, under wraps, in the dark, hidden. Uh-huh. And now we get to hashtag shout your abortion. Right, we get these right. These people who are so proud of their abortions out in the open. People are saying, yes, it's a baby. I know it's a baby. I just don't care. I heard yeah. that at a recent uh-huh. event with pro-choicers we were protesting heard a guy say i know it's a baby i don't care they just hate kids and they want they want to kill them all it's
0: and so their sin has become exceedingly sinful it's become exceedingly sinful yes wow well i had never seen that element in the story just like you said that's what's that's what's amazing about the bible go back to it you always find something new Thirty five hundred years since these events yeah and uh A good teacher
1: will always be able to bring out things new and old. If you're always able to bring out things new, that means it will never be exhausted. That's right. Which is cool. I I feel like Christians, a lot of times, we lose sight of what it means that the Bible is the living and breathing Word of God. It's not a stagnant Word of God. Yes, It's the breathing, living Word of God.
0: Yes, and what's fun about doing a Bible study with uh, some of the younger people around is I will come to a portion of the Scripture where I can see there's something I'm not getting, but I've, got, I've already written, I've, I've got about an hour, and I've, I've, and so in the Bible study, I'll turn to one of the young people and I'll say, I'm not sure what this is, but this, this, was, this one's for you, for later. <laughs> <laughs> you can figure this That's one out. That's always very cool. Yeah. Dominic, I really appreciate you having me on the show. I'm honored to uh, have the opportunity To be on the air with you. It's an honor Uh,
1: to be joined by you. I appreciate it, Doug. Well,
0: God bless you and and everyone in the audience. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, do go to KGov, download some resources, purchase some resources, help sponsor a show. And
1: remember, so the schedule is Mondays. We have our broadcast classics, Bob Enyart Live with the late, great Bob Enyart. Right. Tuesdays and and Wednesdays with me, the Dominic Enyart show. Join today by Doug McBurney. Thursdays, we have Theology Thursday, also with Bob Enyart. And then on Fridays, Real Science Radio with Fred Williams. And you can check out Doug's show, The Weekly Worldview. Google Doug McBurney and that should pop up wherever you get your podcast. All right. I think that is going to do it for us here today. We are out of time. This is Dominic Enyart reminding you to do right and risk
0: the consequences.